welcome back to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Cahorn and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. We are in the last week of July, which is July Beef Dairy Month in Idaho, and we'll dive into that a little bit. But with that, um, we want to talk about the Beef Counts Program that was created um, in Idaho with a bunch of partners. So we have a, a great panel of guests on with us today to talk about the Beef Counts Program with the Idaho Food Bank, Idaho Beef Council, and AgriBeef. So without further ado, I'm going to let each of the guests introduce themselves um, and tell them who they're with and um, a little bit about how they're associated with the Beef Counts Program. And then we'll dive really into what the Beef Counts Program is um, in the state of Idaho. So um, Melissa, would you like to kick us off? Well, good morning, Valine. Thank you for having us today. My name is Melissa Delgadillo. I am with AgriBeef. Um, we have been a part of the Beef Counts program since its inception, and we're a big part as far as, you know, the communications aspects, working throughout the community, promoting the program, and we also provide beef to the, to the Beef Counts program. Very cool. Well, thanks, Melissa, for joining us. And we also have uh, Ms. Liz Moore, too, from AgriBeef. Liz, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, thank you. Liz here. Uh, so been with AgriBeef and working with the Beef Counts program now for about eight years. Uh, my role kind of with that is really sort of the logistics side of it. So working to make sure all those hard-earned dollars for the program actually gets transformed into the beef that goes back to the food banks and then distributed into the communities. So happy to be here and discussing Beef Counts with you all. Thank you, Liz. Um, and then Sherry. Yes, uh, Sherry Gullage with the Idaho Beef Council. Uh, we help with administration of the Beef Counts program, including providing labels to the food bank, uh, packets of information to potential donors and sponsors, and anything that we can do to help this great program. Awesome. Thank you, Sherry. Um, Morgan. Good morning. Uh, Morgan Wilson, I serve as the Chief Development Officer for the Idaho Food Bank, and the Idaho Food Bank is our state's largest distributor of food assistance to those in need. So we hit all 44 counties of the state uh, with partners that really serve the local needs. And we are so fortunate to be the beneficiary of the Beef Counts program so that we can provide uh, this amazing protein and high-value item out to those that are struggling to make ends meet um, and that just need that little lift, but a nutritious lift uh, during a time of need. So looking forward to the conversation today. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. And then last but not least, um, Lori Likely. Well, good morning, girls, and thank you so much for having us on today. I'm Lori Likely. Uh, I'm a rancher out of the Jerome area and have been uh, part of the Beef Counts program since its inception, and I really look forward to the conversation that we all will have today in talking about what an amazing program this is. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining us today. We're really excited to have such a such a great group um, roundtable to talk about this impressive program that Idaho has going. Um, let's just start with the basics. Sherry, would you like to give us an overview of what Beef Counts is? Uh, yes. Actually, Beef Counts is actually a first of its kind in the nation, which speaks to the Idaho producers and their, uh, their passion for those that are in need in their, in their communities. It is a community-based community program uh, between Idaho's beef 
industry, which includes the Idaho Cattle Association, the Idaho Cattle Women, Idaho Beef Council, and AgriBeef, and the Idaho Food Bank. Uh, the program provides high quality beef protein to Idahoans in need. That's just a brief overview of the Beef Council program. Perfect. Well, thank you, Sherry, for that. And maybe let's dive back into history um, of where it all started. Lori, would you want to give us a little bit of history about where Beef Count started and maybe um, why it started? Certainly. Uh, happy to do so. I remember a conversation back in 2009 between uh, former Agri-Beef employee Rick Stott, who I think now is with the sheep industry, uh, and uh, Karen with the Idaho Food Bank, uh, talking about the need for high-quality program into uh, into the Idaho Food Bank, and it's uh, at the time over 200 networks across the state of Idaho, and uh, they really kind of made that happen in 2010, and it became a reality. And and I think when they brought that to to us and us being the Idaho Cattle Association, uh, the Idaho Cattle Women, and the Idaho Beef Council, we jumped at the opportunity to partner with Agribeef and the Idaho Food Bank to put that high quality beef protein into the hands of people that need it the most. You know, we really were Idaho's beef industry united against hunger. And I got to spend in, in that, you know, 12 to 13 year time frame, I got to spend some serious time working with our uh, ranching community, with the food bank, with distributions. I got to see um, at the time, back in 2012, I was pulling up some data back uh, from, you know, the time that I voluntarily coordinated the project. You know, there was that one in six Idahoans were what we called food insecure back in 2012, one in four children. And those types of things resonated with us because we did not think that that many people in Idaho should be feeling insecure and really recognizing that so many of us in the ranching community have our freezers full of beef. And what a better way to partner with somebody like Agribeef, who has the ability to put that um, federally inspected product back into the hands through the Idaho Food Bank of the people that need it the most. It is something that I really watched, you know, like I said, those that are food insecure. And, and I had some data, I think, going back to um, 2017. And I know Morgan will probably correct me if I'm wrong. But there were um, one in seven Idahoans were hungry. So I would like to think that that Beef Counts has played a role in helping with food insecurity. I know they still struggle with high quality protein, you know, in, in needing that in our food banks, because really it is a hand up. It's not a hand up. And anything we can do to help our local communities, you know, feel less, you know, worried about where their meals might come from, whether it be, you know, paying for prescription drugs versus or rent now versus, you know, finding finding that high quality meat. It has been an honor and a privilege for me and something that uh, I feel extremely passionate about, and uh, Bill and I, um, Valine's mom and dad, we donate regularly, annually to, to the Beef Counts program because we really believe that Agri-Beef's match, you know, um, is, is critical. And again, I know that Karen and Morgan and the team at the Idaho Food Bank and the Beef Council, everybody is really working hard. Um, and it is, it is one way in a very small way that we can give back, but it has been, I've been very honored and very proud to be at the table from the very beginning in this project. And I really hope that all of you on this call today will help us carry it at least through another decade, if not beyond. Oh, that's 
That's an incredible story to hear, Lori. Um, you know, it, it's it's just an outstanding example of the way that agriculture steps up to to care for its own communities, um, its own state in this case. And I think it's a really, really cool um innovative way to, you know, to give people a hand up, like you said, not a handout, um, give to people in need high quality protein, which, um, you know, Valine and I, when we worked together in the past, uh, we got to do some volunteering at the food bank here in Weld County, Colorado, and um, high quality protein is um, something that it sounds like every food bank is always, always, always needing more of. So what a cool way to put, you know, a really really high quality food item into um, the hands of people who truly need it. Um, Morgan, if you could tell us, who does the Beef Counts program serve? Well, thanks so much. And Lori did a great job of really laying out, you know, what hunger has looked at over time uh, in this space in Idaho and and certainly across the nation. As you shared, you know, you've been at a food bank in Colorado, um, and this is such a critical need no matter where you go. And when we think of our own lives, right, like what do we seek out? What gives us energy? What helps fuel our kids? What helps us make sure that we're healthy? And we all need that balanced diet that includes protein. So at the Idaho Food Bank, like I said, we do serve everyone in the state. And the important thing is that because we have the amazing support of industries, of communities, of individuals that really want to help people, um, we are able to serve anyone with an express need. So that means that we are able to help a senior who is barely getting by. Uh, we can help a family who maybe is between jobs or they are facing hikes in rent, which we're hearing more and more about right now. And of course, we always want to do anything we can to serve our children, whether that's through a school or if that's through a community-based place. Uh, we want to make sure that anyone in the place of hunger has access to the food that they need. And as Lori said, um, you know, about 9% of Idahoans are in a place where they may not know where their next meal is coming from. Here at the Idaho Food Bank, we're serving approximately 213,000 people every month. And we're doing that through um, our partnerships with places like homeless shelters, of course, but also through your churches, um, through different nonprofits that are seeking to provide support to their community. And all of these entities are agreeing to serve anyone with an express need, and they're agreeing to our safety protocols. But the idea is that the Idaho Food Bank is a statewide organization, but with a local touch. Idaho is a really rural state, and so we want to make sure that your location doesn't dictate your access to the food that you need. Um, and again, you know, Lori spoke to it so well, but we know that oftentimes people are just in a place of hardship, and that if we can provide them with the food that they need in that moment of crisis, if we can keep them in their homes, if we can help them with food so that they can pay for their car or they can put gas in the car so that they can get to work, um, if they can make those bills during that time, uh, then we know that it's going to be better for them long term. They won't be in this place of needing assistance any longer. And that's everybody's goal, right? We want to help people in that moment and then really help lift them out of that place as quickly as possible. So, um, you know, when we talk about where does the Beef Counts uh, program goes, it goes right into the, the communities. Uh, we do that through those partnerships I was talking about. We have about 480 community-based partners, including our schools uh, and other entities that have hunger as part of the work that they, they do across the state. 
We also do what we call our mobile pantries. And this is where we go into a community with a truckload of food, basically, um, into an area that doesn't have access to food for a variety of reasons. And we'll do kind of a farmer's market style distribution to the community. Um, and so oftentimes we'll put the beef counts uh, proteins on that as well. So there's a lot of people that are benefiting uh, from this program. Uh, it's helping out the seniors, it's helping out families, and it's certainly helping out kiddos as well, uh, because we really want to spread this out as far as we can. Thank you, Morgan, for that overview. And I have to say, when you Anytime I hear statistics specifically coming out of the food bank, I get goosebumps and chills because it's it's people in the community that I probably walk by on a daily basis that um, I don't know need help that are using these resources and especially heading into potential economic downturn too. I think it's more important than ever to to recognize the needs in our community and, and help where we can. So thank you for sharing and thank you for all the work that the Idaho Food Bank does. One thing that I've been really impressed with the Beef Counts program is AgriBeef's continual um, support and integration and um, involvement in the program since the beginning. And um, so I will not do it justice. So I'll let Melissa or Liz um, start and explain the match and the distribution um, and the and the beef that gets served um, to the Beef Counts program. So, well, the Beef Counts program, I mean, it's such a community effort. Um, what's been incredible to us as we've been a part of the program is to see not only the beef community, but the community in Idaho come together and be a part of this program. Um, donations come through the ranching community, the agriculture community. They come through just individual, individuals, families who learn about the program and see the need. Um, and we, as a part of our mission, we donate up to $50,000 a year in match to anyone who matches. Um, we recently had Zion's Bank make a contribution. Um, and there's some others that Liz will, will touch on. We have some exciting um, new contributors. And so it's like I said, it's a community effort. Um, we are able to provide beef through these batches. And I'll also turn it over to Liz where she can kind of expound on all of that a little bit more. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. So uh, over the years, those donations have definitely evolved um, kind of as, you know, we evolve. But uh, we've had, you know, everything from live animal donations, rollover auctions, uh, individuals, as Melissa mentioned, our ranching community. We've also worked with some of our uh, relationships as um a beef supplier, AgriBeef. We've worked with our retail partners. We've worked with other corporate entities. Uh, just kind of, you know, a lot of them have philanthropic uh, missions as well. And a lot of times those align very closely with, um, you know, our mission to serve communities and fight that uh, hunger within our state. So it's really just having those conversations with existing relationships that help uh, create, you know, help extend those dollars uh, further through the Beef Counts program. And what we're able to do as a facility, uh, AgriBeef is, uh, as Lori mentioned, 
uh, turn those dollars into federally inspected safe beef that is distributed through a, you know, channel that the food bank can receive and get out uh, wholesomely to those communities. So it's really working together, uh, utilizing those economies of scale that we have and uh, just, you know, talking about why we do the program, why it matters, uh, and really putting the heart uh, to it, which extends those donations year after year. So even though we've committed that $50,000 um, since the inception, uh, we've really seen that grow in the match um, and have gone exponentially from, you know, matching and contributing even beyond uh, to those personal donations exceeding that of our match. So we just like to thank everybody involved with that um, to really grow the program and excited to see how much further it can go. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for giving a broad overview. I do, um, Liz, what cuts of beef are they putting in the food bank um, that you guys are, are distributing? Yeah, that's a great question and one that we've actually had a lot of conversation around specifically with Morgan and those at the food bank of trying to find a uh, cut that is not only, you know, highly nutritious, but versatile for whomever is receiving um, that product, knowing that not everybody has the access to certain cooking equipment um, or just, you know, the ability to take that product and stretch it across multiple meals. So what we really kind of honed in on is ground beef being the most effective uh, and useful uh, for the Beef Counts program. We're able to really extend the dollar per product per pound uh, with that uh, item. And then also it's just a lot more user-friendly uh, for the recipients. So uh, yeah, it's been a great um, you know, item for that program, we're also able to kind of stretch those funds, as I mentioned, and, you know, and then around the holiday season, we do like to uh, go into more of a roast item, just kind of give it a little bit more of that spirit of the holidays, uh, that family sharing uh, aspect. Uh, so yeah, about that quarter four, when we're looking into the November, December timeframe, we'll shift from ground beef into a uh, roast item. Very good. Um, so what what have what have there been for roadblocks um in in putting this program together? Um several times it's been mentioned that this is a federally inspected product, um, which I'm sure that has to be to go out through a channel like the food bank. Um, but what were the roadblocks to putting this program in place and how how did each of the entities overcome them? Um, you know. Beef Council, Lori, from a from a personal rancher point of view, food bank, um, agri beef, um, whoever wants to start here. <laughs> I can I can just start. Initially, um, there was some confusion. Um, some of our ranching community thought that they could just take an animal into their custom processor to have it be distributed into that channel, and by by federal law and by state law. 
the distribution has to be through a federally inspected plant. And so while we partnered with our sale yards, they would turn that donation into cash, which would go into, into the pool or into agribeefs to purchase at a, at a discounted price often that was federally inspected to, to go back into the Idaho Food Bank. And so, and I think uh, to some degree, we're still kind of facing that challenge primarily because I, uh, Let's say wild game, for example, you know, we've got Idaho hunters feeding the hungry. That product can be roadkill, can be taken directly to a custom processor and can be distributed right into a food bank. However, that is navigated through a, a different federal program than our than our beef product is too. And so oftentimes I think we get get some confusion there. But at the end of the day, we want to make certain that that our product, which is beef, is safe and gets into into the hands of the people that that need it the most. We, we really want to be, you know, Idaho's beef industry united against hunger. And I think that, you know, those those roadblocks along the way, um, I think we're able to come forward with solutions at work and helping our ranching community better understand at least why we can't donate a live animal, you know, through a custom plant. We'll take that animal converted to cash and then we will we will get the product and, and move forward there. So I will add that component there. Yeah, and I'll just add, you know, a big thank you uh, to the leadership of the egg community because uh, it's complicated, you know, just as Lori was just sharing. And um, from the food bank standpoint, 85% of all of our product is donated. Uh, so of the 28 million pounds of food that we put out into the community over the last year, 85% of that was donated. So we're very reliant on strong partnerships that ensure that the product is safe from the very moment of donation all the way through the cycle until it's into that neighbor's hand. Um, from a food bank standpoint, worst case is that we ever had a product that was not safe and it made it into a person who was already in a really precarious situation. Um, and then we were putting that burden on them. So safety is absolutely number one at the food bank. Um, and we're just really appreciative to have the expertise of the community uh, and that partnership that every time there was a challenge, they really pivoted and said, well, we can figure this out a different way then because we have a strength here, we have a resource, and we have a want to help the community. Community. And I might just add there too, um, kind of as Lori mentioned, you had a lot of producers wanting to kind of donate live animals. Uh, and what we're able to do to kind of help that conversation along as well is just reassure that the Beef Counts program, all the funds going into it, it is designated back into the purchase of beef. So um, as much as these uh, ranchers and community members want to donate to the food bank, I think, you know, their heart and mission lies in that beef industry aspect. And we can ensure um, them that, you know, the funds donated do go directly into purchases of beef and beef that is uh, the same quality control as we would sell to our customers customers at Agribeef. So it's definitely um, a conversation that has helped some of those hurdles um, moving forward. So very cool. I would just add briefly to um, the Beef Council uh, trying to spread the word um, out into our communities and, and getting uh, people outside of the beef community to assist with this great program. I think awareness is just really critical uh, and helping them to uh, uh, the public to understand what the program is about and how they can partner with the produ beef producers and getting uh, high quality protein into the food bank. 
How many pounds of beef have been donated through the Beef Counts program since its inception? Is there a number for that? Yes. Um, I can actually answer that. There's actually been over 418,000 pounds of beef distributed, um, and that equated to over 2.2 million three-ounce servings, which is, you know, I think when those numbers come across, it's just such a phenomenal uh, amount of caring that the beef industry has shown to those that, that need uh, protein and, and need uh, additional assistance. Well, that's incredible. That's such an amazing number. Um, and I mean, it, it just, it gives me the warm fuzzies to hear about a program like this um, and that it's continued as long as it has. And I, I see no signs of it stopping. Everyone here is pretty committed to it and, and excited to keep it moving forward. Um, has, has this correlated to any kind of an increase in demand for beef in Idaho? I, I'm just curious if, you know, people have been able to have a, a taste of a really high quality product and been able to get back on their feet. Has that maybe prompted them to continue, you know, having it in their everyday diet? Well, I'll just speak from the neighbor standpoint. Um, for those that have the opportunity to have this as part of the food that's distributed to help them and their family um, across the board, we get such positive feedback. Uh, just so much gratefulness to have this. Sometimes it's surprise, like, oh my gosh, I was really scared to come in and even ask for help. And I can't believe that I get to leave with this great product. Um, you know, I think sometimes when people are at their low points, um, they stop believing that they are deserving of, you know, good quality food, of feeling good. And so when anyone comes into a place of where they are getting assistance, not only do we want to uplift them in that time of distress, you know, being positive, welcoming, all those things, um, but giving them really high quality food and letting them know, like, this time will pass. It's going to be okay, but we want you to do what's best for your family and your health uh, during this time as well. And so um, certainly, it has been just a really welcomed and exciting product to be able to share with our families. Um, and anytime, you know, we can't have that at distributions. And I will share, you know, protein's very hard um, overall to have donated, right? It's very expensive. Um, and so, you know, for us, anytime that we have protein, it's very exciting and in high demand, but particularly because of the versatility of the ground beef and the familiarity that people have with it, knowing that that they can make something delicious uh, that they're comfortable with and their family will enjoy really puts it on that high demand list. And the, the chubs of ground beef that we distribute, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, it is the same packaging, the same chub of ground beef that you will see in a lot of retail outlets. So um, there's definitely some correlation and recognition from that standpoint, which, uh, you know, a little harder to track actual demand. But I think people, uh, as they're in those states of need and can recognize that they are getting quality food across the board, uh, just through that packaging element, uh, do have a sense of confidence with what they're, they're being um what is being donated to them. Uh, and then I'll also add to like uh, the community aspect around beef counts. And, you know, as we 
do volunteerism and, uh, and corporate ranching partners and, you know, really have the face of the industry active in the program, uh, it gives us that ability to really tell the story behind the beef that's donated and the number of uh, families and ranchers and just community members involved in getting that uh, to those in need. So not only is that recognized by, you know, the, the label in a grocery store, but then that uh, producer story really gets extended all the way through and all in all just builds builds trust in the industry. So it's, it's great to have all those uh, people involved. And I'll say, you know, it's so, it's such a fun story to share too. Um, you know, when we have that moment of surprise or if there's other donors and community members going through our facilities and we get to show them or tell them about the beef program, uh, beef counts program, um, it's so great to see their reaction, you know, like, gosh, that's so, you know, Idaho, like, yes, of course we would take care of our own. Um, you know, how awesome that people are putting their resources and their passion back into helping their communities. And so um, just from my standpoint and the food bank standpoint overall, it's such a wonderful story of collaboration to share uh, that we certainly hope it's helping on all fronts. Oh, that gives me the the warm fuzzies too. Like Catherine said, I think that was a good, good thing of of neighbors helping neighbors and and an industry. Um, and why I love agriculture so much in general is it's it's for the most part a large group of caring people that have a huge passion for what they do, and it's fun fun when they can share it with other people. Um, I kind of want to. You guys have talked about the distributions and the the you know, giving the product out. Do you guys have any specific stories that have made you really want to come back, you know, interactions with, with recipients or somebody that continue to spur you to show up, you know, time and time again? Valley, and I'm happy to take the first one. I can tell you, I was at a distribution in my home county, my hometown of Salmon. And I don't remember, you know, it's been eight eight plus years probably ago. And we were doing a beef counts distribution there. And I happened upon, I had the local ranchers helping with the distribution as well as the, as the food bank in, in that area and had a woman and her mom come through who I knew well and didn't know what their circumstance was. And they were very, reluctant to come by me and take beef from me. And I ended up in tears, um, not knowing what their current circumstance was, knowing, knowing the family, knowing the background, knowing my history with them, but not knowing what the current circumstance was. You know, the, the family had been hit on hard times. Um, the man had been hurt in a logging accident and was unable to take care of his family. And I was very emotional and it really hit home to me at that point that we really don't know who might need it at what time. And I watched the distributions down here in the Magic Valley that we've done over the last decade. And I'm always extremely humbled by the character of the people who are in need. And it is so easy for one to judge until you're in that position and until you've filled those boots. Well, thanks, Mom, for sharing that personal personal testimony, because I think that's, you know, a lot of times it, 
showing up to the food bank to ask for help is one hard when you need it, but it also gets a, there's a stereotype within the hardworking agriculture community sometimes that, that needs to be broken down um, because there's life throws tough challenges at you and you never know when it's going to be your turn, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the truth. You know, um, it, obviously working for the food bank, I'm very grateful for the interactions I've been able to have and um, to see, you know, firsthand some of not just the hardship, but more so the resiliency of people, you know, when they're telling their story and talking about being able to get back on their feet or, you know, knowing the impact of the food. And um, one uh, gentleman in particular uh, really stands out to me when I think of beef counts. And it was a senior and he he was in his 60s when we met him and we met him up in Cascade. And um, his wife uh, had been injured and so could no longer work. Um, and then unfortunately he was injured. And so, you know, when times, particularly for seniors, um, you know, they really do require and need that constant income coming in. And they had uh, just this really abrupt change uh, in their lives and, and they did all that they could. They weren't going to go and ask for help. They kept on, you know, um, working at, or, you know, saving and trying to scrimp the budget. And the wife told us, you know, it finally got to like, we've got to ask for help. Like we, we're not going to make it, you know, we can't do this any longer. And so they went into the cascade pantry and um, they received the food that they need needed. And when we got to talk to him and hear his story, he told us, I've been a cowboy my whole life. And it was never my intention to ask for help. But I'm so grateful to the people who are willing to help and know that I want to do better and I'm going to keep on doing my best. Um, and I mean, just the way he said it, uh, you just, I, I don't know, he just, it always stuck with me um, that everybody has a different path in life and everybody has different hardships, but gosh, don't we want to be there for those people in that moment so that they know they are cared for, they are respected, and that we do know they're going to keep on doing their best. Well, chiming in, I think you can tell from the stories of Lori and Morgan that this is the heart of the Beef Counts program. This is the why, the why that all of our organizations are so passionate about keeping the program alive, about helping people. I mean, that's what it really comes down to at our core, to help the people in our communities, because we all live and work throughout Idaho. And as you've heard, you never know who hunger will impact. It can happen to anyone, um, a few hardships and, and down on your luck. And any one of us at one point in our lives could be in need. Um, and so we are passionate about the Beef Accounts program. We've at AgriBeef have always been so grateful to the Idaho Food Bank because without the infrastructure that they've built, there wouldn't be any way that we could get beef into our communities. And since they serve the entire state, the beef, the beef really gets distributed to those families who need it most and who are struggling. And so it is an incredible program and it takes everyone, it takes every partner, it takes the community, it takes all of us to make this program work. Um, and so we just encourage anyone listening that if this is a program that speaks to you, that you might consider being a part of it. Um, you know, every, every dollar counts. We 
make the money spread as far as we can. Uh, Liz touched on that we donate beef chubs um, for multiple reasons, but a lot of that is we can make the beef go as far as it can go, reach as many people as, as we can reach. So it's really an incredible program. And we feel so fortunate to all of the partners who have been a part in any capacity, because like I said, it takes, it takes a village to make something like this work. Take a village and takes a lot of people who are, um, you know, committed and, and want to see better in this world. And it's, it's just really cool to see something like this come out of, come out of the heart of agriculture and, you know, benefit um, the entire community. Um, I think, I think that's really cool. Kudos on a really awesome program um, and um, encouragement to keep it going. And I hope our listeners who get to hear this this week, uh, maybe take this idea back to their own communities and can jumpstart similar programs, you know, for, for their own neighborhoods. Um, are there parting words from any of you before we wrap up this entirely heartwarming episode? <laughs> I'd just like to say any anyone, anyone or any entity that would like to participate in the Beef Counts program can either uh, access the uh, Idaho Food Bank's Beef Counts page on their we- on their website, or they can contact the Idaho Beef Council, and we will put you in touch with uh, how to how to be part of the donation process to help get beef into the hands of those that need it. Perfect. Well, we'll also um, link all that information in the show notes too. Um, And so that uh, listeners and anybody that comes across can at least hopefully have a quick link because I know the millennials like things quick. So we will make sure to put that in the show notes as well. So anybody else have any parting words um, or where, where people can find you as well, you know, plug AgriBeef as well as the Idaho Food or as well as the Idaho Food Bank and the Idaho Beef Council. I would just like to end with a, a huge thank you on behalf of the Idaho Food Bank, the communities we serve, and the neighbors that are getting to have this such important product uh, in their homes. Um, Just a big thank you. And I will also share that, you know, I've been part of Hunger Relief for a long time in a lot of different communities. And this is a unique partnership. And so anyone who's listening that has a business or a family business or just as an individual wants to uh, get involved, this is unique and it's a way that really builds off of the strengths of the community um, to make the community stronger. So thank you for considering getting involved and thank you to everyone here. It's just such a privilege to be with you. And uh, just one more note too, uh, for any ranching producers listening, uh, even some of our younger producers just getting into the industry here in Idaho, uh, I just encourage you to, you know, reach out to your local uh, county association. Um, The Idaho Cattle Association is very involved in the program as well um, and can kind of help point people to volunteer opportunities or, um, you know, advocate opportunities for beef counts. Uh, The more the merrier when it comes to spreading the good word of this program. So if you are a producer uh, and new to the program and want to be involved, just reach out to your cattle association folks and uh, we'll get everybody in touch. Awesome. Well, thank you all again for taking an hour out of your morning to um, meet with us and to chat with us at Millennial Ag. It's been 
it's been a wonderful episode and I know you all are, are busy. So to find an hour that worked for all of us was truly a miracle in itself as well. Um, but we, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the work you're doing and for the time um, you spent with us this morning. And we thank you listeners for tuning into the Millennial Ag Podcast. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, what have you been up to? What's your local food bank doing? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or email us at talktous at millennialag.com. Until next week, we are Millennial Ag. <laughs>